today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. These were real people. These things that we're reading in our Bibles really happened exactly the way we have them recorded in Scripture. And these were real people that, that experienced real emotions just like us. And I think, again, we do err greatly when we don't see them like that. And certainly, I think that's the case when it comes to men like Joseph. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through a special message called Faith Over Fear. How often do you think about the people in the Bible being real people? We perceive them as knowing something that they didn't. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that emotions, doubt, fear, shame, these were as real for them as they are for us. Don't fool yourself into thinking that they didn't struggle the same as you and I. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's special message to hear how you can get your own copy of this broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1 as he begins his message, Faith Over Fear. Today is going to be our Christmas service and also our Christmas sermon. And so I'd like to invite you to join me in the Gospel of Matthew, the first chapter, and I'll begin reading in verse 18. Matthew, by the Holy Spirit, records the account. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this, verse 22, took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus, the name above all other names, the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
So, for this year's Christmas sermon, I want to talk with you about the power of faith over fear, especially with everything that's happening in the world today. Back in 2018, before everything changed, boy, those were the days, huh? Remember? The Lord had directed me to revisit Joseph, this man who would be the earthly father of the Savior of the world. However, before we jump into this, I think I would be grossly remiss if I didn't address the big elephant in the room, or the big elephant under the tree, whatever you prefer. And what I'm speaking of is the celebration of Christmas itself as Christians. I hope I'm not ruining anybody's Christmas and New Year, but Jesus was not born on December 25th. You knew that, right? Actually, it's even worse. No, it really is. (laughs) December 25th is actually a very pagan day, and its origins are surrounding the ancient Roman festival in honor of the god Saturn, Saturnalia. So, Merry Christmas. Let's just close in prayer. And I mean, every time, every year, it's, it's like it gets worse, you know. And, and I don't know if you guys get it. I know I get it all the time. Of course, as the pastor, it's kind of like, you know, I'm the Antichrist because I celebrate Christmas. Do you get that? Please tell me you do. Just humor me and tell me that you do. Don't you know it's a pagan holiday? Yeah. Do you have a tree? Yeah. (laughs) No! You call yourself a Christian? It's a pagan celebration. Okay. So here's the question. Why is it that we celebrate Christmas as the day of the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world, knowing that it is a pagan celebration. Well, I just want to share with you the answer, and you're free to use this if anybody takes you to task on this, but to me it's the one day of the year when the entire world hears the name of Jesus, and is reminded about the birth of Jesus, even if they don't know Jesus personally. It's the one day. Why would you not want to celebrate one day on the calendar every year that the whole world hears the name of Jesus? Well, Pastor, with all due respect, they've taken Christ out of Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever. Holiday? Holy day. Nice try. You can't get away. It's a holy day. It's a happy day too. Oh, happy day. Anyway, I digress. How about this one? Xmas. Oh, yeah. That's what I, that's what I, said. It's kind of like, Xmas, really? Until I found out, get this, this is so cool. In the Greek, 
X is Christos, Christ. Nice try again. <laughs> you can call it Xmas, whatever. You ain't getting away from Jesus, no matter what you do, and no matter how hard you try. And why would we as Christians on the one day of the year where we could talk about Jesus and the birth of the Savior, why would we not want to do that? Okay, pastor, thank you for that. Can we talk about the tree? Absolutely. No. I, I got to share this with you. I, this is, you know, at the old building, we used to rent this SDA church for 12 years, right, before God miraculously gave us this beautiful property and, and building. And the SDA church would set up the Christmas tree. And it was like they kept doing it earlier and earlier every year. And we had just gone on YouTube, and the tree was right behind me. And you should have seen some of those comments on YouTube. <gasps> you celebrate Christmas! You got a pagan tree behind you! How could you? Well, I'll, I'll explain why we have a tree. And by the way, for those of you online, our tree is over here. So, <laughs> you know what the tree represents? The cross. You know what the star on the tree represents? The star of Bethlehem. You know what the lights on the tree represent? The light of the world, Jesus the Christ. You know what the most important part of the tree in terms of what it represents is? The gifts under the tree, because they represent the gift of eternal life that Jesus paid for in full when He died on that tree almost 2,000 years ago. The Bible says, Cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. Jesus the Christ took the curse of man, the sin of man, and He paid in full by dying on a tree. So I'm having a Christmas tree. I don't care. And here's one last thing, just to get it off my chest. <laughs> I kind of like Christmas, so if you want to ruin my Christmas, I'm not going to let you. So Merry Christmas. Now let's get back to our, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say that in love, of course, in a very sanctified way, but all right, let's talk about Joseph. What an unsung hero. What an untold story of faith. I would argue that this man was an amazing man. And you know what's sad is he's hardly ever talked about. I was sharing in the update today that we do err greatly when it comes to these men and women in the Bible and somehow, I don't know why, especially when it comes to the birth of the Savior, we don't see these people as real people. These were real people like you and me. They had daily pressures of daily life. They were people that experienced all kinds of emotions, stress, fear. We're going to talk about that. They were people just like us. They were real people in a different time. 
This man, Joseph, was a real man. This is why it is that you'll never hear me say, and I don't mean to be derogatory to those who do, but they'll refer to these men and women in Scripture as characters in the Bible. I'll never say that because you almost single-handedly fictionalize these people. Oh, they're just like a character in a, in a movie. No, these were real people. These were real people. These things that we're reading in our Bibles really happened exactly the way we have them recorded in Scripture. And these were real people that, that experienced real emotions just like us. And I think, again, we do err greatly when we don't see them like that. And certainly I think that's the case when it comes to men like Joseph. I mean, this guy was amazing. I want to point out a couple things in order to better understand just how unique God's calling was on his life. Think about this. Joseph was the only man in human history that was ever told that he was chosen to be the earthly father of the Savior of the world. How about that? No other man in all of human history from Adam to the present would ever have that honor. If this weren't unbelievable enough, how about this one? He would also be the only husband in human history that would have a son born of a virgin. Let that sink in. No other man in human history would ever experience what this man experienced as the earthly father of the Savior of the world. As I was pondering this, it struck me that Joseph likely lived the rest of what's believed to be a short life, being ridiculed and rejected by everyone. Why do we think he lived a short life? Because he was not present at the crucifixion. In that day, life was so hard, men would not live very long, especially men, leaving behind their widows. So he's not there at the crucifixion, which is why Jesus would ask John to take care of his mother. And by the way, with all due respect to anyone who comes out of a Catholic background, Mary was a real person. We'll talk a little bit about Mary too. But this husband and wife, for the rest of their life, would have been scorned, rejected, ridiculed. They would have posted all kinds of stuff on their social media pages. You have no idea. One of those posts would have likely been something along the lines of, did you hear about Mary? <laughs> Get this, there. she was conceived by the Holy Spirit and gave birth to the Savior of the world as a virgin. Yeah, right! <laughs> No, they 
No, they're trying to cover up sexual sin. For the rest of their lives, they would live under the crushing weight of the criticism from everyone, their families, their friends. Can you even imagine what that must have been like for them? I'm hoping to kind of paint this portrait, this backstory, so that we can have a better understanding of just how amazing this story really is. I mean, when you think about it, when they, after Jesus is born, by the way, this is a little side note parenthetically, you know, when he was born, he was born in a manger, right? We've cleaned it up and tidied it up, and it was a a stone-cold feeding trough for animals. And they wrapped him in cloth and placed him in this manger, we call it, which was basically a stone feeding trough. Get this. That's what they would do with the Passover lamb in preparation for the sacrifice. And they had one specific field, and the shepherds would watch over these lambs, because these lambs were special. They had to be watched and inspected and found without blemish or spot in order to qualify as a sacrificial lamb for the Passover. Do you know where that shepherd's field, where these lambs were, where it was located? Bethlehem. That's why and that's when and that's where they took the Lamb of God to the exact location there in Bethlehem in that specific shepherd's field under the watch of those shepherds. Don't you find it interesting that the birth of the Savior of the world is first announced to dirty, rotten, stinking, smelly shepherds? Hey, listen, if the birth of the Savior is going to be announced, shouldn't that go out to the elite? To the who's who? I mean, this is the Savior of the world. And the announcement goes to shepherds. Oh yeah, but these aren't just any ordinary shepherds. And this is not just any ordinary birth. This is the Lamb of God. And He was born in that very exact location, exactly as the prophecy said. And by the way, they would take the Passover lamb and they would wrap it in cloth in preparation for the sacrifice, which is exactly what they did with Jesus. How's that one? Is that chicken skin or what? Now let's get back to Joseph and Mary. Do you know how hard their lives were? Even before this, they didn't have it easy. And by the way, they're really young. I know this messes people up and jams people's gears, but they're teenagers. You know that, right? At this time, very young. You okay? Are we good still? (laughs) And then they had to, to escape Herod. They had to travel to Egypt, again, as the prophecy would have it. You know how hard traveling was in that day? I mean just the actual birth itself. 
that ninth month of pregnancy. Again, Mary was a real person. She was pregnant with a child conceived by the Holy Spirit, but she still had all of the things that women who get pregnant have. I remember when in the ninth month my wife, pregnant with our children, would say to me, <laughs> she didn't have to say anything, there's the expression said at all. This kid needs to be born now. Hard that ninth month, like I know, right? You know, yeah, it was hard on me too, but for the woman, so hard. And all of this is going on? I don't think it's possible to overstate the faith that both Joseph and Mary would have had to have in order to fulfill their part in this salvation story. I want to share with you concerning Joseph two truths that I believe can have profound application to our own lives in this, the last hour of human history before the rapture of the church. First, he counted the cost and made the decision. I find it most interesting that he had considered the implications of what God had chosen him to do and decided to do it. When he first heard that she was pregnant, before the angel of the Lord appeared to him, he thought, out of respect for her reputation, that he would divorce her because he was a righteous man. You have to imagine in that culture in that day, to be pregnant out of wedlock? Unthinkable. You'd be run out of town. <laughs> they actually were, but unthinkable. And I, I love the detail that God deemed necessary for the Holy Spirit to inspire Matthew to write when we're told that Joseph started considering the implications of all of this. She's pregnant? We're pure. How can this be? Oh, <laughs> think about this. He actually initially, before the angel of the Lord appeared to him, thought she was unfaithful, because that was the only explanation. She had sex with another man and has gotten pregnant. And the angel of the Lord appears to him, says to him, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he explains the whole thing to him. But, and by the way, whenever you read in the Bible the words to someone, do not be afraid, it's because they were afraid. And that's deeply profound. Joseph was so fearful could you imagine the emotions? Just the pressure, the amount of stress that would be on them. And so then the angel of the Lord appears to him, and in spite of knowing that there would be tremendous opposition and adversity from everyone he knew, for the rest of his short life, he counted the cost, and he made the decision to accept Jesus as his own son, and parent him as a father. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. The Christmas season is something that most people look forward to. The pretty lights, the music, the ability to more publicly proclaim Jesus as Lord. It's an opportunity to connect with others in a way that the rest of the year just doesn't allow. There are work parties and neighborhood get-togethers that don't happen other times of the year. So what is your goal or your motivation this Christmas season and how you speak of Jesus? Is he just thrown in there with all the rest of the presents and busyness? Look for opportunities to present Jesus as the greatest present. It's a gift that doesn't get old, doesn't get taken away, and lasts forever. If you'd like to hear this message again, head over to our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, you can access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. There are many topics covered that might be of interest to you. Again, our website is calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you're interested in listening to these messages on the go, search for In Spirit and Truth in the iTunes Store. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find links to those on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. We're nearing the end of our time with you today, but we're glad you listened in. Join us next time as Pastor J.D. will teach through God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. Oh.